Hi, and welcome back to uh, a new podcast this week. I'll be discussing chapter five from the Anderson text. It's called Knowing Your Places. And in this podcast, I'm going to be discussing the difference between space and place and kind of arguing a bit with Anderson and discrediting something he says about space. And then also I want to dive into place and identity and how those two are intertwined um, inherently and deeply. Let's get started. So, and so far in this semester, we've spent a lot of time talking about place, right? And so what are places? Places are drenched with meaning. They are um, comprised of traces, other cultural traces. Sometimes these cultural traces can date back millennia. Um, in the case like we saw with the picture of ancient Rome on Thursday, and sometimes they're much more recent and they can, um, come in the form of somebody falling off a bar stool and breaking something, right? Uh, which we also saw a much more recent trace about how places are changed and modified. So on page, 50, uh, page 47 on chapter five, Anderson talks about space and he uses the French philosopher Lefebvre to call spaces, quote, empty abstractions. And I want to kind of um, analyze the implications and really the veracity of this statement, because um, let's look at a couple of examples of space. Spaces, um, one of, let's, let's go back, I like colonialism, right? And, and kind of studying the implications of colonialism. And one of the geographers that Anderson cites later on in this chapter about space is Doreen Massey. And Doreen Massey used um, an example of space being the, the North Atlantic Ocean during the time of the conquistadors, especially um, to problematize this focus on place and ignoring space. And so what was the Atlantic Ocean to the conquistadors um, at this time? Well, it was it was imbued and full of um, monsters, potentially mythical creatures. Um, it was some. It was a. It was a space to be conquered. It was a space to be overcome for the crown, for God, for Christianity. Um, and as as the conquistadors, as the Spanish and the Portuguese began to find um, places on the other side of the ocean, um, it became much more politicized, this space, right? So knowing just something about the other side, some of the limits, some of the delineations of the, the space, the Spanish crown and the Portuguese crown engaged with the Pope and came up with a treaty um, to say that um, certain lands east of a line of longitude belong to the, the Portuguese and lines west or places west and lands west of the same line of longitude belong to the Spanish. And so even in the 1500s, um, this example of colonial delineation of space is what? It's politicizing space. It's saying that 
it's giving power to certain to certain monarchies to colonize, to enslave, to reap the benefits of, and to exert their own power there. It's a politicization of space, all right? And it's always imagined. We always have imaginizations of it. It's not abstract because we can measure it. Um, we can travel through it. So while I agree with Lefebvre on a lot of things, and I think he did some interesting work, I think this quote here by Anderson kind of takes it out of context. Um, what's, some, what's another example, maybe closer to home? Um, people who aren't from Kansas assume that Western Kansas is pretty much a blank slate and is empty space. So it's the space between Kansas City and the space between Denver, right? So, um, and what are the implications of this kind of thinking? Well, we get terms like flyover country, where um, politicians and pundits and power brokers from the East Coast and West Coast kind of designate um, Iowa and Kansas as being full of nothing. Um, but also, you know, more close to home, we see we see the implications play out in, in governments where maybe resources are more directed towards urban centers um, and less development is happening in the west of Kansas and, and, and in these spaces. So there's also a, a political implication of this, this ignoring space because we do designate it, we do uh, delineate it, we do border it, to use Anderson's term and we give it meaning. We might not live in it the same way. We might not spend as much time. It might not be so full of specific meanings like somebody's bedroom or you know, the doctor's office or something like that. It might not have those detailed meanings so obviously, but we do ascribe it meaning, we do give it meaning. And um, a third example that I'd like to use is my own research in Cuba. The Cuban state, uses surveillance to limit access to space. They're not limiting access to really to places so often, um, but they're limiting access to just even get out into the street, right? Um, and this could be any street. It's not particular places. It's just getting access to public space. And they're doing this to stop journalists and activists from just leaving their home Right, so it's a politicization of spaces. And I think um, I just want to make that note because um, to think spaces are nothing is inherently wrong. It, 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 it's incorrect, I should say. Um, and yeah, we're gonna problematize and use these definitions as we move forward. Now that we've kind of problematized space and place, I want to get into the implications of how identity and place are really intertwined. Anderson quotes Casey on page 51 and saying, quote, we can no longer distinguish neatly between physical and personal identity. Places are regarded as constitutive of one's sense of self the relationship between self and place is not just one of reciprocal influence, but also more radically of constitutive co-ingredients. Each is essential to being of the other. 
In effect, there are no places without self and no self without places. This is an interesting quote, and maybe this is more common sense, but I think common sense is the stuff that we should be focusing on and analyzing to create meaning in the world. So um, what Casey is saying is that we can't separate our sense of identity from place, right? They use, um, so when I describe myself, I'm from Kansas, I live in Kansas, I'm from Lawrence, I'm from Southern Illinois originally, originally, right? So this gives some sense of my broader identity. I was born in Kentucky. Um, these are all place specific identities and they somehow, in my mind, um, in my culture, give, give myself meaning and I would argue that if I were to say, who are you, you know, what's your identity, you would probably, within a string of other um, nouns, describe yourself according to toponyms or place names, where you're from, right? Um, and so what are the implications of this? He's saying that you can't have place either without identity. So we as humanoids, as uh, homo sapiens, as intelligent creatures are giving meaning to places. And then collectively those place meanings are then reabsorbed into our culture, into our identity and um, become, become our identity. And then we, through living in places, changing places, we create new places and those places are then reconstituted into our identity. So it's this constant, uh, uh, sim what is it, um, relationship, deep sort of interconnectedness between place and identity. And I wanna kind of pause here and say that in a reality check that these are our egos, right? Uh, these are our realities within sort of, um, we kind of take a Freudian or a a spiritual understanding of the world that we have we have agency outside of our identity I would argue this is getting pretty philosophical but um, you are somebody outside of your ego and outside of this identity and um, you're not subject to only living within that identity you have as a, uh, a person of agency you have students listening to this right now, the capacity to change your identity, to think about it reflexively, to consider what, how your own culture has influenced your identity, to analyze other identity positions, and to release your identity as well. And I would argue, and I would suggest maybe explore that um, power that you have to release your own ego and to think outside of um, who, who you think you are, who culture says that you are, and try to look at yourself more broadly within the scope of humanity.